And so you got to switch the paradigm on them enough that they go, oh, I've not heard it put it this way before. This is something new. There's a new possibility here. And they lean in and want to know more. You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 362. And today I've got a special guest joining us and he's got this unique method for onboarding a ton of new clients in the next 30 days. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It is your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter. And today um, we're looking at, we're literally staring down the end of 2023 as this episode airs. We've got uh, just short of eight weeks left in this 2023 year. And I want to just paint a picture for you. I want you to think about how you're showing up in your business how are you focusing your time? What are you putting into action that moves not just the revenue needle, but your ability to impact the lives of ideal clients? Now, I talk to two types of people on a regular basis, especially people who are applying for my 100K Authority Accelerator. And one type of person, um, they're interested in optimizing what they have because they want to accelerate their path to making a greater impact. They're looking for the micro adjustments that can produce massive results by sweetening their effort, doing less more effectively. And I love those kind of clients because they're, they're action takers, they're resourceful, as we were talking about in a, in a couple episodes ago, that state of resourcefulness, they know that there are little things they can do that make a huge impact. And that is such a powerful way for you to look at the next, not just the next two months, but what do you want to be different as you're entering into 2024? When we focus on micro adjustments, minute changes that make a huge impact in results, this is where the efforting gets exchanged for flow state, right? Because you know, okay, I'm doing something that moves the needle. Even if it gets a little arduous at times, you know, you have what it takes to really attract clients and make a greater difference in their world. Now, the other kind of client I talk to is someone who has been de- doing a lot of efforting and they feel a little conflicted. They're feeling confused. They feel like everything's very messy. They're dealing with a lot of maybe even anxiety and doubt about whether or not they can do what it takes. They know they are so passionate and they have such a great gift, but putting all the puzzle pieces together has been really a challenge. And where I find um, this type of client has an opportunity is to really look at their actions and say, am I willing to take a leap of faith? Am I willing to maybe invest in some support and resources and clarity so that I can stop spinning around on these same set of points that make me confused and get my messaging clear and get my uh, offer optimized and get little um, refinements in my overall process so that I am able to close more clients quickly. As a matter of fact, I just heard from a client who was in that state not too long ago 
and she applied one small thing we worked on for her offer in our first 30 minutes together. And she emailed me 24 hours later and said, uh, yeah, I enrolled somebody in that package and it was almost a thousand dollar package. So little tweaks, little refinements can swing doors wide open that lead you to more revenue, to more stable revenue, I should say, more growth, more impact, and to really have a business that's making its mark on this world as you being a recognized expert. If that's sounding good to you, I want to talk to you. Let's book a chat, reach out, book a fast track call, download my million dollar visibility stream framework, do whatever we need to do so that you can make the next two months and the next year the most powerful, the most uh, impactful you ever have. Like oftentimes if you haven't solved this problem already, you're probably not going to solve it on your own. So find a mentor that you align with, whether it's one of my guests here or it's me, whatever, I don't care. I'd love to work with you, but I want you to have the right mentor at the right time for you. And if you'd like to talk, let's do it. I will link up my fast track session uh, in the show notes, as well as my million dollar framework that you can download as my gift to you right now, but do something that's going to move the needle. All right. Now this guest is going to blow your mind. He's amazing. Let's not wait one more minute. Let's get right into today's episode. Well, welcome back amplifiers. I am so excited for today's guest. We're going to talk about something that's going to help anyone who is trying to attract more of their ideal clients. And my guest today is Jason Van Orden. Now, Jason helps consultants, coaches, and authors turn their expertise into profitable online courses and group programs that help more people and generate more income. Jason draws from more than 18 years of experience, including creating multiple successful brands, launching over 60 online courses, teaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs, earning seven figures in online course sales, and generating 8 million downloads of his podcasts. Super impressive. His mission is to help visionaries with impactful ideas to connect with the people they serve best and the problems they can most uniquely solve. Jason, I'm so glad to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, it's so nice to be here, Noni. Thank you. Yeah, and so Jason and I have been getting to know each other. He hosts one of the most extraordinary networking events. I hope it's okay if I bring that up. Sure, absolutely. But, um, you know, I just love the how you connect people and how you show up as a leader in our space. And I think... Um, one of the things that you've got is like a really awesome LinkedIn game. Like I look at what you do there mm. and it's like, oh yeah, that's the bomb. I like it. <laughs> so oh, that's, that's nice. Thank you. That's good feedback. Thank you. Yeah. You have that. a unique way of like connecting people and supporting people through what you do on LinkedIn, which is really admirable. <clears throat> so we'll make sure we're hooking up your LinkedIn profile on the show notes so people can go check you out. Now watch you get a flood of LinkedIn people after this. <laughs> Amazing. I'm not complaining. No, it's all good. But, you know, you and I were talking in the green room as we're um, just prepping to to go into the the interview today. And, you know, we we're talking about like the questions we get from our clients and potential clients and the come in through our community. And, you know, I, I think we both agree that there's a big conversation right now in the coaching industry in particular about like, hey, my offer's not converting. I'm not attracting clients. It's kind of a kind of like, uh, what would we say? It's like, uh, 
the sales have stalled, right? It's just kind of like uh, tumbleweeds. <laughs> and, you know, it's like the ghost town, I guess is what I was thinking of. How would somebody who's in the space, you know, because they, they, they throw darts at the wall, like, okay, is it my messaging? Is it my, um, is it my offer? Is it my brand? Is it, my, I don't have a big enough email list. Like, there's a lot of things it could be. Mm-hmm. Where's, how does somebody really start to identify, like, what is the core problem that we need to focus on solving? Yeah, it can be really challenging. But one of the things that helps is knowing, um, first of all, knowing you need to zoom all the way out. And then it, the problem likely falls into one of three areas, one of which we're going to talk about today. One is the the messaging, <clears throat> excuse me, that something's off in the messaging and that it's not gaining the attention of the right people or there's a disconnect and, and the right people see it and then they don't realize, no, this is the thing I've been waiting for and I need to lean in and listen more. Another common thing that might be the problem is that there are a lot of coaches and consultants, uh, course creators, experts out there that don't have a really good customer journey. And by that, I don't mean just like a nurture sequence of emails, but very strategic set of touch points that gain the attention of the right person and then start bringing them down the garden path up to the point of buying with you. And the thing to realize is not everybody's going to be ready right away. And sometimes we get very focused because we want sales and cash and like, hey, I got to get visibility. I got to get leads. I got to get visibility. I got to get leads. And, you know, we're, we're just trying to get those couple percent of people that are ready to jump on a call and, and hopefully do business with us. And then all these other people that might have otherwise been great clients had we just kept them around a little longer and had a little more of a, a complete customer journey with the right invites for them um, would have eventually been great clients too. So we're just like losing them as opposed to keeping them in our orbit, which is why I've created something called the gravity method to keep people in your orbit and identify the right ones at the right time and then move them towards that sale. So we've got messaging, we've got that customer journey or sales um, piece. And, and that in that, it includes a good sales process that feels values aligned because if you feel an aversion to doing sales, you're, you're going to struggle. It's going to be hard. Um, either to do the things to get people on the calls with you or, you know, to write the emails to promote or, um, you know, to close the 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 deal when you found the right person who clearly you can you can help. Um, so messaging, customer journey and sales process. And then the third one is to look at the offer. And one of the biggest mistakes I see there is that uh, the offer is not focused enough on the outcomes that it produces. Or maybe it isn't the way that you deliver it, but if people don't realize it's, okay, this is tied to these outcomes that I want to achieve, like they're not paying for information, they're not paying for your expertise, they're not paying for quote unquote value, what they want is they want to pay for something that's going to get them to a better future. And so we need to be very specific about identifying those outcomes that are top of mind for the people that we want to serve most. Um, so that's one of the third areas that I look at with people. So it's messaging, customer journey and sales, or uh, optimizing the offer to focus on the right outcomes. Mm. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the sales piece because I know a lot of um, our more impact-driven community members, you know, selling sometimes feels awkward. Like they haven't yeah. really figured that out. And, and yeah. you're right, like you have to be all in. And I think those three things that you just talked about, when you get those th- pieces really clear and they feel congruent, it is easier to hold that enrollment conversation and have a values aligned sales conversation. So it's a really great piece that you brought through there. You know, um, one of the things I've heard you talk about and really is the theme of our conversation today is what you call your three R method, which I know really unpacks 
uh, one of those three uh, issues. You, you deal with a lot of threes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> threes are, it's a good magic number. I was say, it's a good marketing threes, number. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you, you have a three R method that really helps you and the clients that you teach us to enroll more of your ideal clients. So unpack that for me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, this can help with all three of the things we just talked about because the three R method can be applied to messaging. It can be applied to the sales process and customer journey, and it can be applied to your offer as well. So um, here are, are the three R's and, uh, and then we can talk about why they're important and drill into them some more. But the, the first one is is relevance. So that's making sure that you are addressing a need or challenge of your ideal client that they are that's top of mind they are aware of it and that when they see it they're either actively looking for help with that right now or the moment that they bump into something that uh that they, that could help them with something that's in the back of their mind and then you know that it gets their attention to be like yep you know what i've actually been meaning to do something about that and so often we start talking about our solution too soon, or, you know, as the expert, we're a little too uh, disconnected from what it's like to be in their position. And so uh, the messaging doesn't quite land and they don't realize that what you're offering is relevant to their desired future, their current pains, problems, challenges that they're running into. So that's the first one is relevance. Uh, the second one is remarkability. And this one's important because there are so many coaches and consultants and experts out there now. I mean, in the last few years, it's really, really proliferated. And it can be tough to stand out. It can be tough for uh, someone to say, hey, actually, I, I, you're the one I need to work with over any other option available to me. Um, and any other option includes doing nothing. Like it needs to be something that's going to bring them forward um, away from past failures and past uh, you know, unfulfilled promises that have frustrated them. And so you got to switch the paradigm on them enough that they go, oh, I've not heard it put it this way before. This is something new. There's a new possibility here. And they lean in and want to know more. So that's remarkability. And then the third one is, is resonance. And that's about presenting these things in a way that align with the, the values of your intended audience. And that might seem really obvious, but like nobody's going to do business with you unless trust is in place. And trust, research has showed us, consists of both credibility, which you know we all know, and we try to put that credibility and authority out there up front, like, I know what I'm doing. I can totally get you to where you want to go. And likability or warmth, which means they connect with who you are. There's something about how you make them feel and how, uh, make them think um, that, you know, there's little clues of shared meaning. It's like, oh, you know what? You're, you're a parent. Just, it can be something as simple as that. You're a, you're a parent just like me, or, uh, you know, you, you're a Game of Thrones fan like me or whatever. Like these are, but this is what we do as humans is we look at these little clues. You're like me. You're my kind of person to go, can I trust you? Not only are you capable of bringing about my interests, but can I trust you to bring about my interests as well. So that's where resonance comes in is earning that trust and helps you stand out as well because you have a unique perspective, set of values, strengths, and background. So relevance, remarkability, and resonance. Hmm. I love those three R's. Those are so powerful. And I'm glad you recapped them. I, 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 in my mind, I'm visualizing a triangle, right? And yeah. it's like they, they really all need to be in balance to um, be the person your ideal clients are going to turn to. Yeah. I was curious as you were talking through, because we, we understand theoretically that we need to have these pieces. And I know a lot of people like in practice get this, but like, I'd love to hear an example of how you help somebody integrate this so that it started to generate sales from them, especially if they'd been stalled before. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's one client that comes to mind. Um, I, I like this example because it's not just another business example. I mean, I look, I love business and B2B clients too. work with them all the time. But sometimes it's refreshing to hear somebody that's not, you know, in business and an example outside of that. So um, this this client, her name's Alexandra, comes from a background of uh, she was a modern dancer for, you know, international modern dance for many years, then became a choreographer with her own company and then started teaching classes in choreography and performance and, uh, you know, now teaches a methodology. One of the specific things that she teaches is this thing called effort theory, which is for performers and, and directors and choreographers. And not that many people have heard of effort theory. Like they're not waking up in the morning going, you know what, if I only knew more about effort theory, my life would be better. So we had a challenge to like, how do we make this relevant? How do we make it resonant? How do we make it remarkable? And so we went in out and we did, I had her do some customer um, interviews, customer discovery interviews. And, you know, I gave her a set of questions to ask to really unearth uh, what was going on for them so that we could connect it with what was top of mind. So what she ended up hearing from a lot of uh, actors, directors, was uh, from the actors, she'd hear a lot of, you know, I really, I want to broaden the range of what I can embody on stage. I want to, uh, you know, feel feel more comfortable in giving powerful performances, but I don't want to have to like a lot of the stuff I've been taught for doing that requires me to like dredge up my own like feelings and past and things in order to try to convey that emotion. And it gets exhausting to do that, you know, on the stage in rehearsals and then in performances night after night. So is, there's, is there another way to do that? Um, directors were expressing a frustration and having a common vocabulary for them to be able to explain what they're going, what they would like to have out of the actor in terms of that character. Um, and so we're like, great, now we have the relevant pro presenting problem for the acting and the actors and the, the directors. And what effort theory does is it gives them a vocabulary of how to express themselves in these different uh, in these different ways to embody different emotions and characters. So it gives the directors the common vocabulary with the, the actors, and it gives the actors this way to broaden their ability to embody different emotions and characters and things on stage. Um, for instance, she worked with somebody who had, it was a one-man show, and he, he had 18 different characters from different ages to genders and everything that he had to convey. And she used effort theory to just, and it actually just went through a really successful run in Chicago, and it was all effort theory that allowed him to convey all these characters powerfully on stage and get the wonderful reviews that, that he did. So we knew how to make it relevant. In terms of remarkability, we wanted to come out and say, like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if there's another way? Like, here are the things you probably have tried, you're frustrated with, um, you know, they're not quite working, you're feeling stuck. Here's this new, what if you had this other you know, this other way of going about it, this other, if you had this new vocabulary to to work with. And in her case, it, it was this thing that not a lot of people are are teaching. Now, it doesn't have to be something nobody else teaches in order for it to be a remarkable, you know, a remarkable piece of messaging or offer, but you need to know that thing that's going to give people a uh, new hope or a new perspective or paradigm to latch onto and go, okay, I can let go of past shame and failure and frustrations and unfulfilled promises from other people who have sold to me and lean in and go, I'm going to give this a go, at least listen further and see what it's about. And then in resonance, you know, we just, she went from writing these promo emails, like she, marketing just frustrated her and she'd be like, okay, I have a class on this thing. And I just like, Hey everyone doing another class, you know, here's the information. If you want to sign up, you know, just feeling like, well, I guess that's how you promote and never, and I got her uh, drawing up like 
you know, personal experiences and, and, and uh, client stories and sharing her philosophy about the world and art and, and performing. And she started getting people emailing her back and going like, these are amazing. Like you're, or she'd run into people at parties and like, I, I read every single one of your emails and whether or not people signed up for the course, they were thanking her for the emails she was sending because we were hitting that resonance of, again, the values that really landed and people were like, yeah, this is, you're the person I've been waiting to help me with these things. So that's how we nailed relevance, resonance and remarkability. So then she went to regularly filling courses, knowing how to promote uh, in a way that felt really good to her and that was grabbing the attention and drawing in the people she really wanted to work with most. Mm, that was such an inspiring story. And, you know, I I think one of the big wins in that scenario, besides the fact that they were selling, she was selling courses, was you got people reading emails. And we all know how valuable that is with the way email marketing is today, getting people to open an email and want that next email to come is a gem because they may not buy now but they will buy someday. Yeah. And opening the email is one of the ways to to make sure that happens. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the remarkability factor and really figuring out what's remarkable. And this may surprise you, but maybe you get this as well. I have a lot of people who've been in business a while who say, um, how do I know? Like I call it something else, but like they say like how do I know what this is for me? And I'm really curious your take on that and like how if someone feels like that's a blind spot for them or maybe it's kind of uh, they just haven't looked at it that way lately and they've, they've forgotten what their genius is. Like how do they find that for themselves? Yeah. So great question. So, um, okay. So remarkability factor and just to uh, encapsulate this again, this is important because your market, when they've come across your message, really what they like they only have so much energy to dedicate stuff in their day. And if they can very quickly just box you in like, oh, yep, seen that, done that before. Trying to overcome my anxiety, got to exercise and meditate. Yeah, I've been there, done that, seen that, right? And then they just move on. Or, you know, they're like really resistant to trust because they've tried other things, other experts, and they're like, I'm my trust is really so unfulfilled promises and false starts. They either got their own like shame of maybe something's wrong with me and I can't do it. It doesn't matter how smart you are. Like I, I've tried stuff before. So this is what you have to overcome. This is one of the inertial things pulling them away from doing uh, business with you as opposed to, you know, your three R messaging is what's going to pull them towards. So how do you find your remarkability factor so you don't get quickly um, dismissed. Well, you need to do five things here. And then I'm going to give some, some questions people can ask. You need to think about, okay, well, how can I interrupt the conventional wisdom? Um, so let me go I'll give another example of a, uh, a client that I worked with who did something called somatics. It, it, I happen to attract, I guess, people in, in movement space because then I worked with Alexandra and these other people in movement space started showing up. Um, somatic. So this is like, you know, body movement and stuff. In her case, she was working with people overcoming trauma and uh, better issue, particularly women, you know, have so much like junk coming at them from society about their relationships with their body. And she's like, look, I'm going to change your paradigm that now, you know, so they've been battered by the claims from the diet industry and the medical industry and societal, you know, crap that just like, what do I, how do I, and so she came out and she's like, well, what if there was, you know, a, a, a different way um, to think about your your body and remember overcome anxiety that's not just 
you know, these other things that we've all, you know, go to therapy or, and not, there's, there's nothing wrong with like go to therapy or whatever, these other things that you might do, which is like, do you feel like there's something missing in here as well? So can you interrupt the conventional wisdom? Can you explain or reframe the problem differently? She said, you know, the, if you want a better relationship with your body, it needs to be a solution that involves your, your body, which is what somatics does. You want to absolve them of past failure, you know, the things they've tried over and over again, they've been ground into, into, you know, down. And they're like, they need to have like, look, it's not your fault. There's this missing piece. And, you know, because of all this other stuff out there, that's been muddying the waters, you just didn't have this piece. And now I'm here to give you the piece. And in her case, it was somatics, right? So you want to offer new hope, new possibility. And as a bonus, if you can solve a common objection and get that out of the way at the same point, it's like, yeah, I know you're probably worried about, you know, just another meditation or mindfulness practice or whatever. It's like, no, this is, you know, this is something different. So how do you know what that is for you? Well, some questions you can ask yourself is uh, what, I mean, certainly knowing what your audience has tried, other things they've tried and what they're just fed up with hearing or what you're fed up of being the conventionalism. So like, what makes you angry in your industry? What are you like, you know what, I want to, I want people to stop saying this because it's not serving people well, or here is a belief that I have that I want to see become more standard um, practice, more of the, you know, normalized conversation in my uh, industry. So is there something that makes you upset in your industry? Um, is there, uh, is there some way that your methodology, like what is the missing piece? So for some people it might be, maybe you have some interesting research or something that's like, look, this is what we know now. And it hasn't gotten out there into the mainstream, but I'm here to help you with this new, you know, emerging stuff that's, uh, that's coming through. It doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be like this brand new researcher stuff. It can also be something as easy as, you know, when I'm helping people with messaging and I say, look, if you are a coach who has empathy and asks good questions and, um, you know, genuinely is curious and likes to help people, there's no reason why sales can't feel good to you. There's so much of this conventional wisdom out there about sales that we bristle at and that feels gross. Let's, you know, let me show you a way that doesn't require you to sell and you know that's not in alignment with your your values. So like that's something that's pretty simple. And I'm it's not that I'm like the only person out there saying that, but it's different enough that they've probably bumped into a lot of other things. Now they're going like, okay, wait, there's a different way that Jason's talking about this that I haven't heard before. Um, and then you know just think about are there uh, you know beliefs, practices, conventionalism you want you want changed, um, or ask yourself what are some of the 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 myths misconceptions or um, assumptions, bad assumptions that your intended market have, and that's holding them back. And you're like, I need to help them. I need to reframe that. They're, they're looking at the problem this way. They've misdiagnosed the problem. They've been sold this bill of goods. And if I go like, no, it's actually not that at all. It's this over here. Um, these are the things you're like any, any of those can be a, an avenue in or a hook of your remarkability. So you can come forward and say, this is a different way to think about it. Here's a new possibility, a new hope. You just had, we're missing this piece and I'm here to give it to you now. Hmm. I love that. That's so clear and uh, makes a, um, a a way into finding your own remarkable uh, aspects uh, a little easier to find. So thank you. That's really interesting. Um, I want to squeeze in something 
because uh, I know we're, we're starting to see time shrink very quickly on us, right. but I, I just, I know that people are going to hear this. They're going to see this, um, the, these uh, remarkability factors and these questions. And yeah, it's still probably not going to work for them. So maybe there's some blind spots or there's some mistakes that people are commonly making around this that do you want to highlight anything there? Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to say is if anybody's listening to this and like, hey, that makes sense, but I really don't know what it is for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not, you know, I've I've thrown out a few questions. This is the kind of thing you, you want to ponder a bit o over time. And it can be really hard for us because we're so close to it. We know things uh, well. We assume other people don't, you know, or know what we, we know. Um, we forget how little sometimes the people that we want to help actually know about the thing that we do. So there's absolutely something in there. So um, don't discount out of hand what we're saying here. Um, you know, give yourself the time to to dive into it. Um, and we we talk about here at the end a, a tool I have that people can use to to dig into all all three of these R's more. Um, but one of the best things you can do is just like with Alexandra, I had to go and talk to her clients, either inter intended clients, people who were thinking about working with her or who fit into her. Um, market, but weren't working with her yet, as well as people who had chosen to work with her. And this is where you can really get that feedback and insight of like, oh, that's that's what drew you in. That's what felt different about what I say. That's what felt different about uh, you know my my approach. So um, the answers are there. And if you're willing to give it, you know, trust it, the process, give yourself some time to think about it and go and get that input and feedback, you will uncover the thing that that people really respond to. Yeah, well said. Let's share um, how they could get access to that resource to help them find their three R's, because mm -hmm. I think this is a good point to slide that in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've got a worksheet. I love creating frameworks that, that make these things as frictionless as possible and guide people through the thinking to arrive at the thing. And so I've put together uh, a worksheet for three R messaging that you can go through. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to, there's so much to dig into here. We didn't, you know, only so much time, but it goes into resonance. It goes into relevance. It goes into remarkability. It gives you some questions and ways to think about it. Um, and I've even got a little video that can uh, help you walk along uh, with, with it as well and make it very actionable for you so that by the time you're done with this, you'll have arrived at least at a usable first draft of your, your three R's, which you can start incorporating into your messaging and your sales and your offer. Um, so you can get that by going to jasonvo.download. So that's a web address, jasonvo.download. Um, and that will take you right to a page where you can opt in and get that framework, as well as a couple of my other favorite frameworks that I love giving people to get them unstuck with those different areas we talked about way at the beginning of, the, uh, of, the, of our, our conversation. Love it. I love a good framework. It's just, it's like it makes everything so much easier. And instead of like trying to test everything and figure it out on your own and put a bunch of pieces together that maybe this isn't your superpower anyway, it just makes it super simple. So we will link that yeah. up in the show notes uh, if you uh, got that wrong or didn't write it down quickly, but jasonvo.download. So Jason, this is the time in the conversation where I like to kind of take a step back and look at you, the business owner, and, you know, help our audience bond with you a little bit more. And I always think it's fun to find out like what you believe the boldest thing you ever did was that's amplified the impact and the income of your business. Mm. Yeah, there's, de there's definitely a, a few of them, but um, I mean, the immediate first one that comes to mind is that 
for, for three years, I was an engineer, was not happy working for somebody else, was looking for a path to strike out, had been researching different avenues, things I might do. Um, and just at one point, I was so fed up and and ready to to do something else that I, I took the leap and quit my job. Um, and, you know, I was like, I, I think I'm gonna go do real estate investing, which, you know, was, in hindsight, there is a lot of naivete there, but also the breadcrumbs all started from that moment moving forward to where I am right now. Mm. Um, and I'm making it sound like it was just a decision I made. It took months of pondering and like writing down, like, what are the things I'm afraid of? Okay, what will I do to solve these? And But um, that bold move, I think back to you often when it's time to make other bold moves and to understand it's like, yeah, you made that decision and you figured it out and you made it work and here you are. So you clearly can make and manage and move through bold decisions. Um, so that's, what's come, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, I think sometimes the biggest scariest risk we face and say yes to often has the biggest payoff if we do it when it's aligned, like when it's really aligned and we're willing to be all in on, on making it work. Yeah. I had a similar one of those. So <laughs> the best decision I ever made and probably the scariest decision I ever made. Right. Yeah. What? So looking from today, and back towards the beginning when you made that leap of faith and started your own business, the one you're in today, what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Because now you know how impactful it was going to be. Mm. Well, okay. Here's one that comes to mind because you mentioned earlier that I have this networking group and you know mm -hmm. I do all this connecting and, and that's very gratifying to hear that because here's the truth is... Um, you know, I, I had a very successful business for um, about 10, 12 years with a top 10 business podcast. It was a education company for beginning entrepreneurs just getting started. It was the first podcast ever about internet marketing and online business. Um, and even though we had all that success, when I, it was time to leave that and move on to my next challenge and, and to things that felt more aligned with where I wanted to go next... I was thinking back to like, well, what, are, what did I really not, what are things I could have done better that held my progress back that would have amplified my success and I want to do them better this time. And deepening and expanding and maintaining a good network was the one. Um, I was able to get by kind of in being lazy just because I had this like visibility through my podcast. And so, you know, enough people knew who I was, but it, I'm naturally an introvert. It's hard for me. It takes a lot of energy. It, it, a lot of networking didn't feel good. And I had to work hard to find a way to make it feel good for me, to leverage what my strengths are as an introvert, you know, my, my curiosity and, um, you know, wanting to go deep, not, not uh, you know, small talks, just not my thing. So I'm like, okay, let me focus on doing that and getting into the rooms where I can be who feels good to me. And now I've got my own networking group and I love connecting and people um, recognize me for that. And so it feels really good to go like, okay, like I, I, I fixed that. I improved that. I continue to improve that um, because I really feel like that is something that held me back in my early years of, of being an entrepreneur. And I've seen the huge benefits that it brings to my business now. Wow. You just, first of all, congratulations. Cause I know um, when you're more introverted and maybe you're you're a little bit more on the shyer side, putting yourself out there in general and networking is challenging. And then being the leader of that, you know, kind of creates a totally different visibility dynamic. And so I know you probably uh, overcame a lot of mindset stuff just to to uh, roll that out. But I also like what you shared there was a really powerful demonstration of what it's like when you go from being 
one of the crowd to being someone who's leading that kind of experience for others. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, f- I feel like that's part of like the relevance and the um, what we were talking about early, this remarkability factor. When you're somebody in the room, there, there's value there, but the remarkability emerges when you're the person that's putting those experiences together and leading that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it changes. Yeah, the, the your kind of credibility and authority in the industry. It's, I mean, my referrals go up because people are referring people to my networking group all the time because it's an easy, valuable thing for people to go like, you got to go check out Jason's, you know, thing as opposed to waiting until they know somebody who's like, oh, you should, you're ready for X. Okay, Jason can help you with X. Go work on, go go hire Jason. Like people are getting referred into my world much earlier and in, in the process because of that value experience. I call it gravity experience that I offer. That's a whole other topic. We'll have to have a conversation out about it another time. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a powerful leverage point in my business. Very, very uh, compelling, intriguing little seed you planted there about the gravity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Jason, thank you so much for bringing your wisdom into the space today and connecting with myself and the amplifier community. Uh, I just, I love having conversation with people who are so in it for the impact and Mm. the income has followed and you really are a demonstration of that. So thank you. Well, thank you for that kind feedback. And uh, it's just been a pleasure to chat with you. So thank you, Melanie. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 